What's good, Bucket Busters? This is your host, Ro Zapanta, and this is the Busted Bucket Podcast, locally grown here in Portland, Oregon, the city of roses, the city of bridges, Stumptown, PDX. We are a show with no rules. We are a pod that so happens to love Portland basketball listeners. How you living, my friends? Man, I hope you guys are living good. Today, we are without Tim Johnson, the glorious, the notorious Tim Johnson, and we're going to move forward with our guest, two guests actually, Blazer Ben. Blazer Ben, how you living, my friend? Bingo, bingo, bongo, baby, you know. And then JJ from the Bay Area. JJ, how you living, my friend? Rip City. <laughs> Let it out, the Rip City. I love it. And you know, before we get started, I'm actually going to shout out Gordon Lowe, who is our winner for the Evan M giveaway of the Dame print. RJ, put up that print. It's right there. It looks super dope. I'm going to read his entry here. So basically, to enter, all you had to do was tell us how you became a Blazer fan. And what he wrote was 0.9. That's it, to be honest. I wasn't even a Blazers fan. I was just watching the playoff game, and I went cray-cray when Dame hit that shot. The rest is history, and of course, he's talking about Damian Lillard's game winner against the Houston Rockets to put them away. It was a great one, and man, I remember that moment too. And moving forward, we're going to talk about Blazers. We're going to talk about Blazers. Congratulations, Gordon, by the way. We're going to talk about Blazers. We just had a nasty stretch, a very enlightening stretch. Man, we lost to some top teams. Ben, let's talk about how we lost to Milwaukee. We lost to the Clippers. We lost to the Jazz. And we just recently lost to the Heat. What did you think of that stretch? I'm going to start with you. We just lost to some teams that are thriving, man. They're on the up and up. You know they're they're figuring their their rosters out, like the, the the Heat were in the Western or the Eastern Conference Finals last year. So you know they they obviously know what they're doing, and the Bucks. I mean Giannis, there's really no stopping him. It's tough when he gets on a roll like he did with us. We we had no answer for him. So you know that was a tough one. And then the Clippers, the Clippers had Dame's number, man. The team. The defense they were throwing on him, they were doing that full court D with Patrick Beverly on him. Oh man, just throwing Absolutely. him out of his routine. It was it was tough to watch all those teams, you know, just stomping us. Yeah, I absolutely agree. JJ, what did you think of that stretch? What are some some positives, some negatives? Uh, I guess for the positives is that um, they beat teams that they were supposed to beat for the most part. The Thunder win, which was a forty-eight point win. Um, yeah, we had a lot of support from the fans saying, you know, keep stats. The Blazers are supposed to win those games. I felt that stretch was a test to see if the Blazers could farewell farewell against um, some championship contending, you know, talent. And it was, to be quite honest, disappointing. Yeah, I think, I think I you mean, read I'm... these. You read these forums, though, man. And the, and the Blazer <laughs> fans are like so fair weather. They're like, we're winning. They're like, yeah, Stotts has got it in locked. You know, re- he knows what he's doing. Then we lose by 20 to some other teams that are like, fire Stotts now. 
now. Stotts is the reason <laughs> we are losing. We need to lose. Uh, we need to lose the coach. It's yeah. just it's tough to read those forums, man. It, it is. Um, I mean, that's why I don't really agree with what they say. I like to read everyone's take, but it doesn't matter because my take is this, which is I haven't changed my opinion about Stotts, and I think the last five games showed his, you know, showed his talent with coaching, which is none. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, Ouch. I'm. I don't know if I would go as far as none, because he does have some positive qualities. He has shown that he can win with less in the past. This particular season, though, I mean, we have a team that is just. I want to say it was ripe for for being a contender or at least being very interesting in the playoffs. And I think during the stretch, I mean. We haven't beat the teams, the five teams above us since December, December 28th. And that was against the LA Lakers. And that was also because Gary Trent Jr. scored 22 points that game. And he's now a Raptor. He's not even on the team. Um, and I think as far as Stotts goes, it's, it's a little concerning because these are top teams, okay? These are top teams that we're supposed to be competing with. And for most of these games, I want to feel like we were handled pretty well. As in, we were beat pretty well. I mean, it might just because be because we were just playing against the Heat. And like Ben, you know, it was very tempting to turn that game off in the fourth quarter. Because we were, we were not good in that game at all. And JJ, I was talking to you about traps earlier. That... Stotts could not adjust to the traps that the Heat were doing. What did you think, JJ? I mean, I think from playing basketball that when another team strategizes to trap you, Dame, needs, Dame is so smart. And for him to be like on an, a, an island without having anyone to pass to, I want to give credit to the other talent on the team, which is, you know, they need to know where to go. If there's a trap, draw up his leak draw up some people for his outlet Dame did not get any help so he's he's a vet he's an MVP caliber player I'm not gonna blame it on Dame I'm sorry I can't blame it on Dame when he's trapped and he has nowhere to go yeah, yeah. I, I mean I'll, I'll agree what did you see that game Ben I mean uh, I guess the heat Dame had what 12 points he looked defeated, really, honestly. Uh, we also, I just want to note that we had the same ref crew uh, two games in a row, and it doesn't look like they were given anything to Dame the second game Nothing. of that back-to-back. Uh, yeah. I don't know how I feel about the same crew refing the games back-to-back because uh, we, I feel like we'd get the short end of the stick on that one because they're, you know, tired of hearing us complain from the first game. So they're like, well, we're not going to do it on the second game. Dame's getting a lot of drives to the hole. He's getting a lot of hands, you know, hand checking on him. And they're just not getting the call. And he's just looking defeated and tired. It's not like it's out to try to get the foul. He's playing hard every single time. He still continues to drive to the hole. He still continues to, you know, do the pick and rolls and whatnot like that. Uh, but he just looks defeated after that. The ball goes starts going down the other end of the court. And you see him there just, 
shrugging, man. And it, it's tough to see your leader uh, struggling like that. Yeah, I'll absolutely agree. Like, it's it's tough to see um, Dame struggling like that because we know exactly what he's capable of. And I was listening to um, to the Locked On Blazers podcast, actually. Shout out to them. Um, and they were saying that Dame Lillard actually doesn't like playing off ball and there has been rumors that he's been butting heads with Terry Stotts to work off ball because he doesn't want to do it and hearing that that absolutely concerns me for two reasons one like I get if you're Damian Lillard you're the guy you want to you want to do what you want to do right you want to do what plays to your strengths you're the leader you get to you get to call the shots basically but the second thing that like really concerns me is that if you're the coach, you got to be able to rein in your superstars, right? I mean, there's stories of of Greg Popovich. He says the great thing about Tim Duncan is that I could coach him. I could yell at him in front of the other players and everyone would know to respect me because of it. And that when I heard that on that podcast and you know, he's a beat writer so he's he knows at least maybe something something more at, at least than us um that is a little concerning to me uh, what, what do you guys think of that everyone needs to learn how to play off ball you have to learn to buy into the system i mean all the greats had to do it the bulls dynasty with jordan pippen the triangle offense it's about off ball movement yeah, the, the Spurs yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously right is off ball movement, but even with that, like the Celtics with Doc Rivers, it's off ball movement. Um, it's just buying into the system, and I know like I sound pretty like sour right now, but just watching like for example when Melo and CJ are in the game, there's no movement whatsoever in offense, and Ben you. I don't know if you see the same things that I do, which is um, like, what do you think about like the play call in general? Like, do you think it's like a lack of execution? Is it maybe well, they I do think... drop a play? I, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, the last few games we've played, they've been trapping, you know, Lillard on the full court. So someone else is bringing the ball down, you know, whether it be CJ, whether it be Norman Powell. If you watch off the ball, not a lot of people watch off the play. You see Dame, he'll just he'll just bury down into the three-point corner and he'll sit there for a minute and then it's like they you know abandon ship and he just shoots up to the top gets a screen and gets the ball right back it's like we're back into what we want it to be and he's not wanting to play off the ball he needs to have the ball in his hands whether he's bringing the ball down the court or he's you know orchestrating the play to begin with he can't play off the ball for just a quick shot he's got to sit there he's got to get the ball he's got to do his dribbles he's got to try to do the pick and roll you know, he's going to try to drive to the hoop and pick, kick it out or something like that. But, you know, he, I feel like he always has to be uh, the commander in chief, you know, leading, leading the pack. But, you know, I mean, I, I like to watch off the ball sometimes when they bring the ball down, you know, see who's posting up in the middle, you know, see if, see if Nurkic is going down low before he runs up for the screen, stuff like that. But yeah, I, we try. I, I feel like we give up real quick, you know, with playing Dame off the ball with giving CJ and, and Mello sometimes brings it down. Watching Mello bring the ball down is painful sometimes. Uh, he has no real leadership, I would say, from the point guard position. I mean, he did have a goose egg last game. Zero points. Yeah. Uh, so, 
But, you know, I, I would like to say that they're trying other avenues when they do trap Lillard. But it just seems to be not working. And it's just not something they've really fine-tuned yet. Yeah, there's definitely things to figure out. And, I mean, if, if we're going to talk about Mello, man, he has been on a horrible stretch. Absolutely horrible stretch. He has, he has not been playing well. I mean, in before All-Star break, I want to say, I was very hopeful. We were, like, you know, up in our chairs watching him um, just get buckets and get buckets all the time. And he has not been doing that lately. Um, I hope that being a veteran, maybe he's just resting a little bit, not playing as hard, saving it for the playoffs. You know, that's kind of a vet move to do sometimes. But if you're coming off the bench, like, what you resting for, really? You know what I mean? Um... Yeah, and I mean, I mean, you know, also, also, just chiming in to playing off the ball is when Norman Powell, man, when he brings the ball down, is that guy explosive or what, man? He's just going in. Yeah, he even uses the the rim as a defender, and he goes up and under it, so then the big man can't block him, and he's shooting a reverse layup. That guy just has like a, a second gear that I feel like Gary Trent was going to get into in a year or two. Like I said, that we just fast forwarded it with Norman Powell, and I'm impressed with what Norman's bringing to the team so far. So uh, I, I give that a plus. Yeah, um, I'm I'm gonna agree with with that too. I mean, Norman Powell actually has been pretty solid. Gary Trent Jr. has is just very inconsistent, or was inconsistent on the Blazers. Um, part of it, though, I want to say, is that they didn't play Gary Trent Jr. alongside Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum very much because I mean, C.J. McCollum was injured for a while. We'll say that, but even when he wasn't injured. We did not have that three set, and all of a sudden Norman Powell Powell comes, he's shorter, and he's the third guy. It just seems kind of weird. And I'm just going to give kind of a stat with how Norman Powell's doing. So his net, or his defensive rating, is actually 107.4. And for people who don't know, you the lower the number, the better for defensive rating. The league average is 110. On the Raptors... He was like 113. So he's playing harder on defense, or at least playing better defense with us. And that's encouraging. Offensive rating for Norman Powell, 117.7. He's doing great. That's a great number. League average is about 108. So he's being very, very efficient. I like what I see from Norman Powell, but can we talk about how Gary Trent Jr. got 44 points real quick? Did that hurt you guys, JJ? Did that hurt you at all? Do you have an opinion on Gary Trent Jr.? Uh, that hurt. I mean, if I'm trying to be logical about this, did we give up offense for defense though? With that, yeah. Is that like a fair trade? Like the the main complaint or main concern is lack of defense, and did we boost up the defense with Powell? Would you guys agree with that? Ben, what you think? Uh, I like I said, I, I enjoyed the trade. I like the trade. I feel like we won in that trade. And what Gary Trent do, Jr. is doing in Toronto is do, what he's doing in Toronto, man. He's not a Blazer anymore. So you know, you got to just rip the Band-Aid off, and you know, if it stings, it stings. But you yeah, know, he's doing his thing up in Toronto. And the only thing that that, that hurt hurt me is when I read that he actually felt that he was actually welcomed in Toronto. 
that he spent his three years here where he didn't feel like he was welcomed at all. And that he finally felt that he was at a home where, you know, he could thrive and be the way he wanted to be as a player. That was the only thing that really burns me is because I felt like our team is very welcoming. You know, Dame and CJ, they like to welcome in players. You know, they take them under their wing, you know, show them the ropes and stuff like that. And for him, I mean, I always felt that Gary Trent always had a hard nose when he was on our team. Like he wasn't really gelling with uh, the other players on a personal level. But, you know, I just, when I read that, 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 that's the only part that hurt, you know, whether he's scoring 50 points, whether he's scoring 30 points, that doesn't matter to me. He's on a different team now. So that doesn't affect the Blazers. Hey man, yeah. people say crazy stuff when they, when they break up with their significant <laughs> other, <laughs> whatever it takes that's for him a- to get over the relationship, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true. And you know, Hey Gary, get buckets, man, get buckets. Cause I mean, it's, even though it kind of hurt to see that he scored 44, I watched the highlights. I wanted to see it. I was happy for him, man. He's going to get that contract is what he's going to get this year. He's going to get that bag. That's what, that's what he's looking for. Yeah. Get, get that bag, Gary. But with Norman Powell, watching him play, he just seems like a guy that you could plug into like any lineup and he'll fit right in. And that's exactly what we needed. Um, just someone very versatile who could bring the ball up, who could create a little bit. He's not very demanding. He could play off the ball. He could do a lot of stuff. He could even play great team defense. So I think, Ben, I think you're right. The knee-jerk reaction is Norman Powell hasn't scored 44 points yet. He probably never will. That's not his role. Especially in this offense. His his role is not a super scorer, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Another bright spot in this stretch can we talk about Enos Cantor? And it's my Enos MVP. Cantor. Yes. Definitely. He is definitely the MVP besides Dame Lillard this season. 30 boards. Guys. And 24 points. And 24 points. Is JJ, is is 30 boards impressive? 30 boards is ridiculous. That's like 90s basketball. Like yeah. Sha- Shaq, Shaq's best type of yeah. like category. I think it was like I, I don't remember how old the the, the NBA or the Trailblazers record was, but I think it was what Sidney Wicks had the most rebounds before that, and he yeah. beat it by two. And I think it was like thirty years ago, 20, 20 30 years ago was that was the record. I could be wrong. Yeah. I could be way off. I don't have exact quote on that one. I don't have that stat. I don't have the me. exact one either, but I, I, I looked it up and I think that's right. And it's funny that you mentioned Shaq because Shaq's high, like rebound high, game high is 28. So he beat his high. I'm, I'm, I have the list out here for, for top, yeah, top Dwight, rebound. Dwight Howard. Game. Dwight Howard's the last one to, to record 30. Absolutely right. Dwight Howard was the last one to record 30. Here are the people ahead of him. Charles Oakley with 35. Seekley with 34. Ronnie Seekley. Ronnie Seekley. <laughs> Miami Heat, baby. Rodman with 34. Barkley, 33. Kevin Willis, 33. Rodman again with 32. Rodman again with 32. Kevin Love, surprisingly, with 31. Dikembe Mutumbo. No, no, no. Rodman again with 31. And Kevin Willis with 31. Those are the people ahead of him. Enos Cancer is tied for 12th, which is absolutely 
ridiculous. Well, here, could I, how about how about you get your opinion on this real quick? Uh, again, reading the forums, I know I'm doing the cardinal sin. And, you know, you don't read the forums, but I, I would like to agree with this one is when they say Ennis Cantor is is only guarding inside the paint area, right? He does not go outside the paint area, so he's always yeah, primed yeah. for that loose ball rebound or whatnot. And that's where we got killed on some of the big men's like the Heat and Bam Adebayo, you know, shooting outside that uh, painted area over Cantor. You know, I mean, do you guys feel that that he's just sitting there camping in the middle, not getting those three second defensive calls and getting himself for the rebound? Man, JJ, what you think? That's a fair take. I mean, the the thing that it's hard to assess is because sometimes Stotts plays both Mello and Cantor, and then sometimes Dame and CJ are up in there. I don't know where the deficiencies are. So at least Cantor, if Stotts is a great coach, recognize Cantor's strength, which is to rebound, everyone has to pick up the defensive slack. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to agree there. I think, I, think, I think Cantor is cheating for the rebound very often, <laughs> but I'm going to say this. That's what he does. That's absolutely what he does. That's his makeup. He knows he's like a rebounding robot. He is a basketball robot. He knows two things. Get the rebound, put it back. That's absolutely all he knows. And, you know, quoting our friend, you know, Lukovka, homie could only jump like this high. Oh, he yeah. can't even slide a paper underneath his underneath his heel. But he gets the rebound. Like he gets positioning. And it's still absolutely impressive. The man is not a starter. So let's not dog him too hard. He's absolutely not a starter. What he is, he's someone that isn't going to get you deep in the playoffs. He's someone that's going to get you to the playoffs. And he's doing his role at an A-plus rate. So I'm happy with Enos Kamter. I mean, any team would love to have him on his on, on the bench. Am I right by saying that? Well, would, you ra- would both of you rather have, when playoffs do come along, Kamter as your starting center or... Nurk. This is a hot take, actually. This is on. This is definitely on the forums. This is something that people are, are vying for. Is start cancer. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet because I think the offensive flow is. It feels way different with Nurkic there. The defensive presence also feels different too. And I don't know if the stats necessarily meet the eyeball test but what the eyeball test tells me is that Nurkic is the better player and fits better with that starting group Ben what do you think I think Nurkic is a better passer he's a better facilitator especially when doing the pick and rolls if he gets the ball back he can look underneath the hoop he can do that no look pass to somebody in the corner Uh, Cantor can't do that Cantor gets that ball and stumbles into the middle and is just like, I don't really know what to do with this. Sometimes forces it up. <laughs> yeah, a lot of yeah. times he'll just pack it, pass it right back up to the top. Um, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I would, I would err on the side of maybe starting Cantor or at least starting Nurkic with the, with the starting lineup, just so he can facilitate the passes with the, with the better shooters and maybe giving Cantor a couple more minutes than Nurkic. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm, yeah, I'm torn. I'm torn. It's definitely a tough one. I think that Blazer, Blazer Twitter is also kind of torn on that one too. Um, 
and it makes sense. I mean, Cantor is a very, a very capable center, and the fact that we haven't had consistency from from Nurkic, especially at, from a health standpoint, it's easy to be swayed in that direction because my man got got 30, 30 rebounds. He's breaking records out there, so it's easy to swing that way. Um, I don't know if Stotts, I don't know how if Stotts has the the cojones to really do that kind of move. Probably not. Because probably not. He can't. He can't even bench my man Mello, which is also a, a hot take. But moving forward, I mean, do you guys think with with what you guys saw? Obviously. Would I be safe in saying that we all think that the Blazers are a little bit in trouble and they need to work on some things in order to be true contenders in the playoffs this year? Absolutely, and you've got to start with defense. You know, I don't know if anybody heard the interview that Jimmy Butler gave after the Heat game where he was asked about how their defense has improved from last season. And Jimmy Butler point blank says, quote, we got rid of Derrick Jones Jr., Got his ass up out of here and started and started guarding somebody, you know. And at the end of the interview, he goes, "I hate you, DJ." Record that. And I know Jimmy Butler. I did see that. I know Jimmy Butler is controversial, and he says what is on his mind. Uh, you know, I would hope that would dig deep into DJ, and we can see him, you know, start to strive a little more on the defensive end. Because he's got an offensive game. You know, we've seen a lot more explosive dunks. We've seen him shoot some threes. Uh, but yeah, the, the defense he could work on. And I hope that that quote that Jimmy Butler gave, his former teammate, lights some fuel under his rear. And, you know, he gets up on the defensive end and helps us where we need it most is on the defensive end. And I feel like for us to be true contenders, we need to be defenders as well. You know, it's great we can have an offensive game where we could score 120, 130, 135 points a game. But then the other team's scoring 10 more than us, you know, because we can't defend. So, you know, we need a good balance of the scoring and the defense. I don't care if it's a 90 to 95 game, you know, as long as we win. Uh, the, the high points is good for, you know, ratings, but I would like to see a win. I mean, I don't mind the nail-biter games. We get a lot of nail-biter games where we win by one or two points. Those are fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't always need to win by 15, 20 points. I mean, watching us lose by 15, 20 points, that's embarrassing. Yeah, I, I would agree. JJ, what do you think? What would it take for uh, for the Blazers to be contenders? So the Blazers' problem has always been defense with this specific, you know, the main core players with Dame, CJ, Nurk. The one thing that we've always talked about was if the defense can't do its job against these teams, then the offense just needs to do what it does, right? Which is be high performing. We haven't seen that. It's there, but I don't know what's, what's happening. So within the last four or five games, they only broke 120 once. They've only scored over 121, and that was the blowout against the Thunder, which was, you know, impressive 48 point, right? 48 point total. Yeah. But if this team is predicated on offense, and that's the strength, where has it been? So I guess yeah. what I'm basically saying is that the hope for from this team is that 
if we're comparing it from last year, they're able to at least compete with their offense. Yeah, so more offensive efficiency, and that's that's actually a great point. That's something that I didn't think of, and and yeah, you're right. I mean, we have not scored that many points against these contenders, and you have to think that Stotts is going to have to get a little bit more creative on the offensive end in order to combat these great defensive teams who are above us, the five teams above us. I mean, right now, I mean, where are we? Where are we sitting? I'm going to look this up real quick. Sixth. We're sitting sixth. You're sitting six, so it is the five teams above us, um, and that's that's an absolute problem. So a little bit of defense, and then mix in a little bit of offense. That's what we need to see for our Blazers to be contenders. And I guess the thing that I'm excited for, or at least the the hope I have for the season, and this is like the hail mary. Okay, this is this is my positive point from this really awful stretch is that the one X factor that this Blazers team is missing are the fans at home. And I absolutely cannot wait until we could get fans in the arena to help this team. Because if we're talking about the time that the Blazers went all the way to the Western Conference Finals, we had one of the best home records in the league. And even with a poor defensive team we were still able to just kind of lift that team all the way to the western conference finals and maybe you know crossing our fingers maybe we could get fans in the arena maybe we could pump some pump some energy into this team pump up that defense a little bit in the playoffs and things will get better but that's an absolute hail mary and with that being said we're gonna go to our next segment and that of course is called giving props Hey Bucket Busters, throw down with NBA props on Thrive Fantasy. Compete for over $2,000 guaranteed in prizes daily. Use the code BUSTED when you sign up and receive an instant deposit match up to $50 with a minimum of a $20 deposit. Come prop up today. Yes, indeed, giving props. And I'm going to start with our definition. And that, of course, is giving applause, giving kudos to a certain person, story or situation so ben jj i want to know if you give this props for our first story we have space jam 2 space jam 2 is finally here and rj our video producer run that preview um never mind i guess we have some limitations on whether or not we could play the Space Jam 2 commercial, but let's just start with this. Let's just start with the Monstars. The Monstars features ours, our Blazer, Damian Lillard, and then it goes Clay Thompson, Anthony Davis, Diana Taurasi, and Neka Agumake for the Monstars. Those are the five stars. Ben, I want to know, do you give Space Jam 2 props? I mean, are we are we going off the Monstars versus the Goon Squad in 1996? We we could, I mean, elaborate, elaborate. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the 90s. I'm gonna go with the 96 squad, man. You can't get any better than Muggsy Bogues, Larry Johnson, Grandma Ma. You know, you got Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, and the seven foot what six Sean Bradley. 
Ooh-wee. <laughs> I'm going to go with the 96 Scoon Squad. I feel like the, the Monstars this time around, you know, grasping at, star, uh, at, at straws with Clay Thompson. I mean, mm. <laughs> I mean, they could, they could get anybody, you know. They can. What's that uh, redheaded guy on the on the Warriors? He could play uh, play for Clay Nico? Thompson. Nico. Nico Mannion. Nico. Yeah. <laughs> JJ, what you think? Do you give this props? Uh, I mean, it's cool that they're being like 21st century. They got Diana Taurasi. Yeah. They have a female like WNBA player. Like they have a WNBA player, I should say. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know, man. These reboots. Kind of, uh, I cringe. Like coming to America too. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah, Neneka is from uh, WNBA yeah. too. So yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I, man, I give them props for giving this a shot, trying to make Look at it. That clay, it's his career burning up right <laughs> there, <It's> just, <laughs> fizzling away. Oh, there it goes. Oh, from that Hawaiian your, heat, getting what is that it, Achilles? tan. Is it his Achilles that is messed up? Yeah, I mean, I'm. I have to give them props for giving it a shot. You know, I mean, trying to make it relevant. I know LeBron James is supposed to be like Michael Jordan, but I know we're '90s babies. So I mean, you can't beat that squad in the '90s. You cannot. You can't beat it. So I'm hoping nope. that maybe they remix it in a way that it isn't really, you know, comparing the two. But I bet you it's going to be really, really similar. So. I guess we're a little bit split on props on that one for our next story. I have... Man, Usher. We're going to talk about Usher. The internet is absolutely on fire because Usher allegedly made it rain on dancers with fake money that had his own face printed on them. JJ... I want to know, do you give Usher props for making it rain on dancers with money with his face on it? I'm not, I'm not even going to touch the story. I'm going to defer to Ben. Go ahead, ben. ben, it's on you, my friend. <laughs> I mean, I know our viewers can't see the pictures, but that, that money looks pretty on point. You know, I don't know whether it's real hundreds and twenties and they, you know, just transposed his face over it. But last I, I, I knew that defacing money was illegal so i would hope that is not real money you know and, and just to give this some context too this was at a uh, club in vegas too he's not down in atlanta or anywhere else in new orleans or anything or like portland. that he's at a club in vegas or portland you know the per capita you know <laughs> the per capita world the per capita scene here <laughs> yeah 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 but so you know some intel is you know they're trying to you know scrounge up some stories to say that that wasn't all that he was doing. The club owner said that he was dropping real money. And then, of course, people in Usher's crew, <laughs> sources close to Usher, yeah, if you yeah. want to say, you know, tell us that he was uh, leaving stray Usher dollars behind on the stage as a gag to be a joke to promote his new Vegas residency. But, you know, it got to the point where one of the dancers posted it on their uh, Instagram stories. So, you know, it seems like it that's what all he was dropping. But, you know, the jury's still out. None of us were there. We don't know what was going on. <laughs> that's absolutely true. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give this props. And for obvious <laughs> reasons. I mean, if someone threw money at me, at, if, if I got money 
from my work by people throwing it at me and I found out it was fake and I got your face printed on it man like I cannot I absolutely cannot give it props but anyway that is it for this episode Ben Blazer Ben thank you for being on the show my friend I appreciate it as always JJ from the Bay Area thank you my friend thank you guys shout out to Tim Shout out to Tim and shout out to our fans who, of course, make make it so easy for us. Make it so easy for us. They always reply to us on Twitter, always give us new ideas. And, you know, with that being said... Wait, shout out to RJ, too. Shout out, RJ, producer. the video producer. Thank you, JJ. We're a little bit out of practice. But I'm going to have Ben, what you got to say? Well, that's all for this episode, my friends. Rate, follow, and subscribe if you're digging what we're saying. Remember to stay safe out there, Rip City. We'll catch you next time on the Busted Bucket Podcast. Thanks for listening.